Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of My Buddy Green, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the My Buddy Green podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at mybuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. My wife, Colleen, and I prioritize eating healthy, but between running our own business and spending time with our daughter, Ellie, we don't always have time to go grocery shopping and cook all the delicious plant-based meals we want to eat, which is why I'm so glad that Hungry Root is sponsoring today's podcast episode. Founded in 2015, Hungry Root delivers healthy convenience to your door, making it easy to eat healthy when you're super busy. Meals only take 10 minutes to prepare, and each one includes fresh-cut vegetables, mouth-watering sauces, and there's so much variety. They have 75 different dishes, so we definitely never get bored. Even better, all of their meals are low in sodium and preservatives and sugar-free. The only issue? We're guilty of hitting their almond chickpea cookie dough just a little too hard. Hey, what do you expect? It's delicious. Sound good to you? Use code MBG to get $25 off your first two deliveries for a total savings of $50. This episode is brought to you by Kind Bar, a healthy snack bar that's offering a new snack club subscription service. They're easily available to order online, which gives people all over the country access to their wholesome goodness, a huge part of the you, we, all philosophy that drives us every day here at MindBodyGreen. Along those lines, the company is also dedicated to social impact and creating a real positive change in the world. They're also super delicious, almost addictively so, and are GMO-free, gluten-free, and made from whole ingredients like nuts, fruits, and whole grains. They also come in a ton of great flavors, all of which you can try in the Snack Club subscription service. There is oats and honey with toasted coconut granola clusters, dark chocolate nuts and sea salt, crunchy peanut butter protein bar, and so much more. Kind has, well, kindly offered to give MBG listeners a special deal. You can try 20 Kind snacks from seven of their unique product lines with their new snack pack. You can get 50% off and free shipping on your first snack pack when you subscribe through Snack Club, Kind's monthly snack subscription service. Go to kindsnacks.com slash MBG for more details. Visit kindsnacks.com slash MBG to learn more and subscribe to the Snack Pack. That's kindsnacks.com slash MBG. Thank you to Kind for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, everyone. I hope you don't mind the brief interruption, but I wanted to take a minute to share something I'm really excited about right now. In today's world, many people simply view food as sustenance, entertainment, or even worse, as the enemy. But that's not how it should be, and definitely not how it has to be. What people often forget is that food fuels us, nourishes us, and is one of the most powerful, and not to mention affordable, pathways to our greatest well-being. That is why we here at Mind Buddy Green, along with some of the world's top functional health experts, have created the first ever functional nutrition program, a comprehensive training built to help you discover how you can unlock the healing powers of food. 
featuring the techniques of renowned experts like Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Frank Lippman, Dr. Vincent Pedre, Kelly Levesque, and more. I don't By enrolling in this one-of-a-kind opportunity, you'll learn how you can heal your gut, improve your digestion, and fight inflammation, how you can use food to enhance the health of your brain and fight autoimmune disease, how to heal your thyroid, slow the aging process, and pick the perfect supplement to complement your functional nutrition habits, plus lifestyle changes you can start making today to prevent disease and promote longevity. Essentially, you'll learn how to heal the body through the power of food so that you can feel rejuvenated and more alive than you ever thought possible. On top of all of this, as a student in the program, you'll receive total access to over 160 video lessons, live office hours with all instructors at various points throughout the program, exclusive self-paced content to deepen your functional nutrition knowledge, including an array of thorough study guides, writing assignments and quizzes, discussion boards to interact with other students, and the Mind Body Green Functional Nutrition Guide Certification, the MBG FNG, upon completion of the program, and so much more. Now, just because we're so excited about this program and so excited for you to start mastering the concept of functional food, we're offering you an exclusive deal. If you sign up today, you can get this comprehensive first-of-its-kind program for $600 off the original price, so don't wait. To sign up for this exclusive deal today, go to mindbodygreen.com slash unlock. That's mindbodygreen.com slash unlock. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this exciting news, and we hope that you'll join us by making the Mind Buddy Green Functional Nutrition Program part of your journey toward optimal well-being. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast and to say that we want to listen to you. So if you have any questions... Any dream guests, we are all ears. I would love to hear from you. So ask me anything and stay tuned for the answers or your dream guests on this very podcast. Send your questions to podcast at mindbodygreen.com. That's podcast at mindbodygreen.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks so much. And let's go back to the podcast. There are very few people in the wellness world who go by one name and one name only. One of them is here with us today, Taro, the founder and president of Four Sigmatic, one of the leading brands in the natural product space who's always one step ahead of where the trends are going. Taro, it is an honor to have you here today on the My Muddy Green podcast. Thank you. You're a one name guy. There's like Madonna, <laughs> there's Taro. When I, when I think Taro, I think mushrooms. Yeah, I gotta thank my very, very difficult last name for that one. So it's when you have a really, really difficult last name, people just give up and they're on the first name basis. But I also just, I also think it's the unique first name and you're mm-hmm. just so, it, it's, it's you, your passion for mushrooms. You walk the talk, literally, you're wearing mushroom pants. Like, Guilty. I, I just think tarot, I think mushrooms, I think four sigmatic. So well done in the personal branding. Yay. It's, it was not intended. I don't even have a public Instagram or anything. So I'm like, <laughs> it was not the attempt. So let's talk about your passion for mushrooms and growing up in Finland and how this affinity really got started. Yeah, I grew up on our family farm. So I'm, me and my brother are 13th generation at that farm that we know of at least. So 13th. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a long lineage. We've survived. Finland under that time has been under the ruling of Russia, under the ruling of Sweden. We've had a civil war. So we've survived quite a few crises. And 
funny enough, um, in the today's world of female rights, that farm has been managed by two generations was a woman was in charge, which was at that time, a few hundred years ago, was very radical. And, um, yeah, my mom took me and my brother foraging and she is a nursing teacher, taught physiology and anatomy. And my dad is like an expert in soil, an acronomist. And they taught me a natural lifestyle. And then funny enough, my great, great grandfather helped found an environmental school where we, me and my brother went like for elementary school and we learn how to, every summer our school assignment was like forage a hundred different plants, dry them. It could be anything from flowers, didn't have to be edible or medicinal and name their Latin names. And, and then our school assignments and during the school year was like build a nest for owl, stuff like that. So it was like pretty radical. That's awesome. Yeah. A little different, but. And so when did the passion for mushrooms start? Yeah. I feel like people always want to know that one moment when apple hit newton's head or something i don't know so unfortunately i don't have one moment i have probably like six seven so one time i remember um one of the first memories we forage for berries which is obviously a kid you love wild raspberries and wild strawberries so like as a kid berries were my favorite by far but we also got mushrooms and my dad loved mushrooms and we would make he had this mushroom soup that he loved and as a you know a young boy your father is your hero you know so I remember that and they were always like so mystical, so odd. They were so different than anything else in the forest. That's what first memories. But then there's other ones like, um, about 13 years ago, I randomly discovered a rare culinary mushroom growing in Finland and won like an innovation award for it. So there's been a series of events that have led me deeper and deeper down that rabbit hole. But it starts with my mom just taking me and my brother foraging and me like as a little kid looking at these mushies and, it's like, what the heck are these guys? So they're so different from, you know, plants, shoots, trees, all that kind of stuff. So, well, talk talk about the difference of mushrooms. You know, what's the difference between a therapeutic mushroom and the mushroom you may find in a random grocery store or bodega? Yeah, I, I think the biggest misconception is that they are plants because they are not plants. They are their own kingdom. So they're in biology. There's kingdoms. Kingdoms are the highest level of grouping classifying things into you know and plants and animals is often the debate obviously it's like should i plant should i not eat you know how much plants should i eat versus animal price products or none and uh there's other kingdoms one is bacteria that is now getting a lot more attention and fungi is one of them so mm-hmm. fungi is an own kingdom and when something is a kingdom there's a lot of variety and so any of the kingdoms has a lot of goodness and a lot of not so good stuff right it's about quality not all plants are good you can die from many plants if you go foraging for the wrong stuff you can you can easily die so not all plants are great and um same with mushrooms not all mushrooms are great and the funny part is that there's about six times more fungi variety than there are um plants in the world estimated to be so for example i'm going to after this to central park to forage mushrooms believe it or not as I'm in New York and there's more mushroom varieties in Central Park than there are trees, tree varieties. How many varieties are there? Well, the problem is that Central Park is not natural. It was landscaped and they, when they 
brought it in, they didn't introduce any mushrooms consciously. So mushrooms just came. They invaded. The <laughs> and, kingdom. Uh, I feel like the, this is a Game of Thrones. Episode. For sure. <laughs> this is there. You could make a Game of Thrones out of this. So they came. And so every year they kind of measure it. So they found over 400 different types of mushrooms growing in just in Central Park. Wow. So, but it changes throughout the year. So to back to your original question on culinary or your normal butter mushroom, um, and then some of these more functional now trending superfood mushrooms, it's, it's the biggest difference tends to be that the culinary mushrooms grow on the ground or farmed and then superfood mushrooms or functional mushrooms grow on trees. So actually mushrooms are, they're like animals that they like humans that we need to consume something to get nutrition. So we have to eat something, whereas plants don't need to eat anything. They can photosynthesize energy, but plants and animals need to munch on something. We munch on plants, for example. Um, mushrooms love to eat trees, and they get a lot of the medicinal powers of the trees, and that's where a lot of the magic comes from, actually. So um, so that's like, like a rule of thumb. There's other differences, but that's a good rule of thumb. If it grows on a tree, it's less likely to be toxic, and it's more likely to be medicinal. And so walk us through, like, the, I know there are a lot of different types, but like the, the core different types of mushrooms that are healing and medicinal, uh, in your opinion. I think the most differentiated and most studied and most powerful is the big four. I just like, yep. uh, not, we're not calling counting firms here, but, uh, <laughs> um, it's the big four is Rishi, which is the queen of mushrooms. It's the most studied of the mushrooms. R-E-I-S-H-I. Um, Japanese name. A lot of mushroom names are actually from Japan. So that's why they're a little exotic. Chaga, which is king of mushrooms, C-H-A-G-A. Uh, cordyceps, which is actually, you know, the most popular mushroom supplement in the, in the U.S., but, um, used by a lot of by athletes. A lot of them don't even know it's a mushroom. So C-O-R-D-Y-C-E-P-S and then lion's mane. Um, so, um, those are the big four, but the other ones is that shiitake is very well studied. A lot of people know it's for its flavor. Shiitake is a delicious mushroom. So maitake as well. So those are probably like enoki oyster mushroom. Those are the kinds that are also culinary, but also have a lot of high nutrient density. But the big four of the medicinal mushrooms is cordyceps, lion's mane, uh, rishi, and chaga. And then on the next tier, that's probably oyster, enoki, shiitake, maitake. And then what does each type do? So uh, most of the studies on mushrooms are on around immunity and um, and blood sugar. So a lot of the studies are funded for, uh, if you if you go to PubMed and look at any of these varieties, they tend to have been researched mostly for cancer and diabetes, just because those are the big problems in the world, right? And th- so that's, there's a lot of traditional research, especially from Asia coming out of those. Um, I'm not saying that they help with those two, two things, but though that's where the, a lot of the research is on. What's fascinating now is that in the last just one and two years, it's been this really emergence on gut health and and how mushrooms actually help gut biome. And this is not, shouldn't be a surprise to any mushroom expert because the most studied active compounds in these mushrooms, these polysaccharides or beta-clugans, we've known that they, they really get absorbed in our digestive system. And now we figured out that actually mushrooms and bacteria have this synergy. And great way to think of the synergy is kombucha, because kombucha is made out of the synergistic combination of 
bacteria and fungi or yeast and yeast are in the fungi kingdom. So I actually, my crazy belief that is that within my lifetime, our lifetime, there will be a new kingdom discovered and it's somewhere between the emergence of bacteria and fungi. Because these two things, kingdoms really love each other. Like your body is full of bacteria, your body is full of fungi. Mm-hmm. Like people don't see those fungi and so they don't understand that they are there, but they're everywhere. And um, every living organism will have pretty much bacteria and fungi in them. Sure. So if you could go, I want to go back to the big four. So like cordyceps, you go down the list, like what are each specific yeah. known for and why people take them and, and what science says and what people believe? Sure. So... Um, so all mushrooms, all the top mushrooms are great for immunity and gut health. But what's great about that, that big four is that they all have like a special weapon. You know, they're like the ninja turtles, you know, they have their own little ninjagas or whatever those are. So, um, cordyceps is the most popular partly because it's for energy and it's just energy cells. People want energy, um, versus Rishi is more for like calming, grounding, adaptogenic, more like evening helps you deeper sleep, hopefully. Um, and unfortunately people don't, are not as excited about sleep products than they are of energy products, even though they need really? sleep. Yeah. It's crazy. Like not just on mushrooms, but everybody who I know who's somehow, um, operating in the functional beverage for functional food movements, it's energy just sells way more than sleep, which is kind of sad because if you have more, better sleep, you have more energy. Well, I wouldn't have guessed that too, because it seems like everyone is stressed and anxious and can't sleep. That's the world we live in. Yeah, but then we go for coffee, sugar, five-hour energy, Red Bull, whatever, triple latte, and instead of chamomile, valeriana, ashwagandha, reishi, like magnesium. Sure. Like, it's just more common. Um, but yeah, reishi is more of like an evening calming, whereas cordyceps is more of like energy booster. And it doesn't have caffeine or sugar. It increases VO2 max, so it increases maximum oxygen intake. So that's why it's also very popular among athletes lion's mane is for the brain it's really um it's you know all these nootropics that people now talk about but it's a safe food-based thing that can maybe help with cognitive enhancement and you know and that's why people use it and then chaga is very high in antioxidants and antioxidants can do a lot of things in body from immunity but it's very high especially in melanin it's the highest source of melanin so it's particularly good for like an internal beauty regimen so ingestible beauty by just having enough antioxidants you protect your skin from pollution and pathogens but also from the sun excess sun you know so chaga is like great for antioxidants and the skin so you mentioned studies previously are there any like mind-blowing studies that are just like wow yeah there's quite a few so um just to kind of frame the conversation about 40 percent of pharmaceuticals are derived from mushrooms and that's like mind blowing because it's a over a trillion dollar industry. And out of the twenty best selling, wait, forty percent. I'm just absorbing that. Forty percent of pharmaceuticals have have mushrooms. So, um, I mean, all pharmaceuticals come from nature. They're isolated sure. compounds that then get patented into to protectable some innovation basically. And forty um, percent are estimated to contain fungi, fungal medicine. The most famous one is penicillin. That's the one that's the, like the hallmark. And it's funny that penicillin is not that old of a medicine, you know? It's so like a lot of the fungal medicines just yet to come. And the latest study number I saw, I'm not sure if this is up to date anymore, but, um, some while back, it was still that out of the 20 best selling drugs in the world, 10 utilize fungi. 
A lot of them are actually immunosuppressants. So that's why people who, you know, have autoimmunes or whatever, they seem to be really interested in the future of fungal research is that is there something that could potentially help them um, because so many immunosuppressants calming down the immune hyperactive immune system is 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 based out of fungal medicine are there any specific mushrooms that are popping up here um the cordyceps is is a basis for um gelenia which is novartis the swiss drug company's um best-selling drug on ms disease multiple sclerotia so that's probably like one big one but again, like I'm, I'm more proponent of whole foods, sure, and whole food sure. diet, and um, you know, um, while I love, you know, reading about that kind of stuff, um, at the end of the day, I think there's a there's magic. There's actually studies on maitake or hen of the woods is is how a lot of Americans know it, and there's actually studies that the effects of its most well known active compounds, these D fractions of one point three, one point six beta clugans, which are very difficult names, but just assume that the most well-known benefit of the maitake mushroom operates much less efficiently than the whole mushroom. So even if you have Michael Jordan on your team, you know, <laughs> still it's better to have Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and the whole crew, right? It's like LeBron versus the Golden State Warriors. Perfect example. <laughs> so you might have the best player, but if you don't have the best team and just having the whole thing is having the best team. And, and I think this is probably going to be true for anything from cannabis to anything else. So while CBD is a superstar, I think probably long-term we'll notice that there's other cannabinoids that we don't even know about sure. that today we're like, I don't know what they are. Well, that's so why some, will, some will argue that you shouldn't take CBD, you should take hemp because you're missing out on some of the other good, st- other good cannabis. And I'm not a cannabis expert, but based on my knowledge of mushrooms and herbs in general, that tends to be true is that it's better to have the whole thing. Yes. Cause some, even salt or, or minerals, there are some trace minerals, small versus having just magnesium or some of these more required minerals. When you have trace amounts of these on little less known, Minerals, they tend to help your body hydrate better and operate better. If you have even just a fraction of them in, in a good sea salt or something like that. You need the whole thing, the whole yeah. team. You need a superstar in the team. Yeah. So you like do you need, need that leading character, you know, you need sure. that superstar, but you need the supporting, supporting team members, supporting well, cast. Well, it's you at Mind Body Green. It's like you can be the, as much as the face, but we all, who runs yeah, a business, you need a team. There's a, there's an amazing group of 50 people here who make me look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's, I think nutrition is the same. So eating the whole thing, but there's plenty of amazing research on, on mushrooms and it's constantly coming out. I think the most fascinating right now is, is on gut biome. And I actually had a mind body green re- revitalizer hat just randomly sat next to a guy whose father is the leading a thief <laughs> yes yeah you buy him if he, yeah. yeah 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 and he's, he's the man fa- he's his father so he sat next to him yeah what? randomly he's like no coincidence is terrible no, of course and he was like not enough many people at this revitalized talk about mushrooms and i'm like <laughs> i am here <laughs> i will talk and his father apparently is a mood yeah. yeah i mean the greatest of the probably in north america and we just and I'm so excited for that new connection because I, I didn't, I didn't know him before. So thank you, I love you it. and your team and revitalize and the magic of revitalize for sure. Yeah. So g- going back just, to me, this is just fascinating and I'm fascinated. You know, when you mentioned pharma, like 
something we think about is like the future of East and West. Mm -hmm. And I think pharma knows it's broken to some degree and supplements when done right. Uh, and superfoods when done right, there are a lot of healing powers and, and the future of technology, you know, East and West is, is powerful and interesting. Like, where do you, where do you see this going with mushrooms specifically? Well, well, I I just think that it's funny how people, this argument is very binary. Either they are, no, they don't work. It's like whole foods are not going to heal you. Oh, then it's like whole foods going to heal everything. And you take a book and they're going to solve every problem. And probably the answer is somewhere in middle, right? Absolutely. I played soccer. I had two knee injuries. Um, I don't yet know how much e or bark or zinc I'll eat if that would have healed my knee after I've broken my ACL, you know? I think you need surgery. Yeah. For that. <laughs> yeah. And I did. And, um, but at the same time, like I, I, um, I did LASIK surgery like a few years ago. And, um, and part of that recovery, I had a, a round the world trip booked and the surgery got pushed back and, uh, it was coming right after the surgery. And there was supposed to be like one month you don't travel window. And uh, my doctor was one of the guys who invented this new technology on around it. So anyway, so I had only like a week and a half before my trip. And he said, okay, come back and we'll see if you have to move your flight or whatever. And I was like, I tried, what can I do to heal my recovery? And I did the whole shebang, everything I knew from like acerola cherries and all kinds of stuff, MSM powder. And then I came back and he was like, what have you done? And I'm like, oh, I was like, a little worried. Like, did I do something wrong? And he's like, Lily, in one and a half weeks, your eyes have healed faster than almost every, anybody in a month. And then I talked like a year after with my friend who had done very, something very similar without knowing each other. And he had the same thing is, um, he had healed way faster than others. So I think that's where the future is, is, is when the, synthetic and natural meat like my old hack back in the day supplements was that if i had somebody donated me like synthetic supplements or whatever i always try to get the natural version so if i had magnesium i also ate cacao so i had natural source and a synthetic and i feel like that's the hack of how you can absorption gets better and stuff so um so i think that's where the future is in functional medicine or how that it's in natural healing is you do meditation but you also you know, test for your heart rate variability and see where you are. I totally agree. So something going back to efficacy, uh, powders versus I'm eating this whole, this thing whole and raw. Yeah. So mushrooms, you shouldn't eat raw. So if you ever go to salad bar and they have raw mushrooms, don't eat them raw. (laughs) And, and this is coming from someone who was like actually quite, quite an advocate of raw foods in many forms. Um, Mushrooms have this structure called chitin, and this chitin is the same structure you find in a shell of a lobster or something. We cannot absorb it. So mushrooms are historically always used, and you should use them with heat and lipids. So that's why mushrooms in a soup make sense, because you heat them up, you break, make them bioavailable, and also having fats usually helps with absorption. That's why you saute them in oil or something like that. So mushrooms need um, heat and lipids or heat and alcohol. Um, so tinctures, if you know, from natural product sure. stores. And so those are two things you need. Um, you can achieve that in many ways. But when you find um, powdered extracts of mushrooms, they tend to be about 10 times or more times more condensed than, than dried versions. First of all, mushrooms have water. So fresh mushrooms are different than dried mushrooms. That's the first and foremost. So if you buy dried shiitake, it's more powerful than 
fresh shiitake from a flavor point of view as well. And then once you cook them or extract them, then they become like almost like 10 times more powerful. Um, so just a dosing thing. It doesn't mean that either one is better than the other. The, the powdered extract is already made by available. So you know what you're getting versus doing it at home. But I also love my good fresh mushrooms. So it's, it's, um, you know, whatever is clever, as they say in Venice Beach, California, where I now live. <laughs> I'm learning all these surf slang there. <laughs> so I know it's difficult to make generalizations. Sure. And, and I think we both believe in the power of, you know, that we're all individuals and need to, you know, everyone is a unique mm-hmm. individual and need to eat accordingly. But if you had to make a generalization around mushrooms and what everyone, it was probably good for most people. Like, what is that staple? If someone's listening, like, okay, like I need to work this into my daily routine. Like what, what mushroom should well, I be looking for? So. Uh, while mushroom kingdom, not everything is good for you. The functional mushrooms are paleo. They're vegan. They're gut friendly. They like, they've hit all the ticked all the boxes, um, in, in, in the common, you know, dietary framework. And, and what should you take is you have, I think every day you should have some sort of polysaccharides. Some, and mushrooms are the more abundant source of polysaccharides. Same way as you want to have chlorophyll in some form. Yeah. You, you can have a smoothie. You have green juice, you can have a salad, you know, some are a little better than the other at times, but the point is that you get dark leafy greens. Mm-hmm. That That's the point, like how you do it, you know, then it's, it's fine tuned an individual. So you want to have polysaccharides and, um, if out of the mushroom varieties, when in doubt, go with reishi. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a really, good, that's a it's, good motto. Is, do you have what, a t-shirt that I know you're <laughs> I walking here when in doubt? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, Mushrooms have triterpenes. By the way, marijuana has the terpenes, but like triterpenes turn me on. And that's another t-shirt. Yeah. You put that on a t-shirt. I don't have that. I should. It's I like the first concept. Yeah. When in doubt, go for it. Yeah. Um, start with Rishi, definitely. And I would say the chaga, cordyceps and lion's mane are all good options. I would say start the day with chaga. It's, it's really protecting the body from the stress and the, you know, the oxidization of the day. And then afternoon when you feel tired, you have to get work done. I think cordyceps and lion's mane, either one is a good option. And then evening reishi. So start with chaga afternoon, go cordyceps or lion's mane, evening reishi. So is there an up and coming under the radar type that you're starting to get excited about looking into that people don't know about? Yeah, I feel like it's usually when I'm excited about a mushroom or a thing, it's probably like 10 years too early. Let's hear them. <laughs> no, but I think the most exciting for the general population is Tremella or just generally. How do you spell that? T-R-E-M-E-L-L-A. Okay. And just jelly fungus. So jelly fungus is this gelatinous fungus that holds water and a higher amount. They can also have a higher amount of vitamin D. Um, but especially these like jelly fungi and gelatinous fungi are pretty fascinating for gut health, for skin, the gelatinous compounds. You can actually find some tremella now in skincare products, um, usually combined with all kinds of toxic stuff. But the point is it's very hydrating for skin, but also I feel like the emergence of, uh, collagen and other, you know, gelatinous things as well is, is raising the awareness of how these gelatinous substances can actually be really useful for for diet, but instead of boiling cow hides and whatever to get gelatin, um, you can, you can also get it from mushrooms. So what, what do you think of collagen? Um, I, I love, I think people need more glycine, you know, personally. Um, we had at a, far, a farm, like 
heirloom cows. So I'm, I'm, I went to a slaughterhouse first when I was four or five years old, which sounds pretty brutal, but that's how, and at the farm, it was not a taboo. You know, you went to, went to a sauna naked with your grandparents when you were a kid and jumped into the frozen lake, but you also went to like see how life was born. And I saw like life being born and life being finished. And, and I think the fascinating part is, is, um, if, if you're into college and just be honest with yourself how it's made, mm-hmm. you know, and just look into that. And if you're fine with that, good. I think the glycine is really valuable and, and, and collagen can be useful, but also like make sure you know where does it come from because sure. that process is grass fed, is pasture raised, or is it yeah. marine collagen? Or and I it- think marine collagen is already like, um, a whole nother level better. So, you can also look at how could you achieve that in the back in in, in a whole food format. So, so why do you think I'm curious about marine? I hear, hear why you think marine is. I think it's just more way more sustainable. Um, in terms of sustainability itself, or just correct? It, got it. But um, um, in Scandinavian culture, like Nordic food is really hot right now. Uh, it's been a few years. Seasonal eating, wild food, all that stuff. But one of the things that we do is we eat little fishes whole. It's a very common thing, you know, it's, uh, you go to Sweden, Denmark, Finland, whatever, and you have these little tiny, uh, freshwater fishes and you just eat the whole thing. And it's also, I think, utilizing the bones and structures. And I think there's something to be said there as well. So what are other underrated superfoods that you think deserve some attention? See, I've, I've gone through that the last decade. I've gone through the whole herbalism route, Taoist herbalism, gone to all kinds of crazy herbs I mentioned be from Eucomia or, you know, faux tea or, which is also known as Heshawu or going to these, the more exotic ones. And I love playing with them, but now I've kind of gone full circle and going back is like, Hey, what's the most studied adaptogen? What's the most studied herb? And it's ginseng. Ginseng. And nobody takes it. Like everybody knows it. You almost ask someone on the street who's not even into health, never heard of mind, body green, doesn't know green juicing. They probably heard ginseng. And nobody takes it. Maca, which five years, six years ago was a hot thing. If I now tax, so how many people take maca? I don't think a lot of people take maca. So what is it about ginseng and maca that has you excited? Um, actually more on ginseng, just the amount of research and proof. There's a couple varieties of ginseng so that you can go nitpick, but I feel like there's something to be said, not just amount on clinical research, but the amount of importance of that, those certain foods to the indigenous people. And if like something was multiple generation considered sacred, be it cacao or be it olive or be it some mushrooms, I think that's really, really something special for me. Cause like what is about a certain food? If those like in at revitalize, we, there was a, there was a talk just about how Hunter gatherers use 10,000 varieties of plants in a year and we take 10, 12, 13, 15, whatever. So if they have 10,000 options, what makes them elevate one or two above the 9,900 yada yada over others for multiple generations in a row? So what was their experience? Also, they didn't have phones. They didn't have this sensory, like they were just there almost like more in their body, just purely out of, because they had to. And what was their experience with those plants that make them feel like almost like it was holy and sacred. Right. So that really excites me, but there are specific compounds in ginseng, um, there's certain like saponins and other things, but these adaptogens, um, rhodiola, schisandra berry, 
the first adaptogens that they studied, Eulethero in, in Russia, they're all just phenomenal. And I love them because there's really, really almost no downside to these. So it's almost like an insurance policy of energy, immunity, cognitive function that you can take every day without any really risk. Because a lot of nootropics and smart drugs and whatever, they have actually pretty serious downsides. So if you could have just like, it's almost like no downside, but a great upside sure. on health benefits, like insurance policy. So I love ginseng, shisandra, eulithero. How do you, shisandra, how do you spell that? Um, there's a couple of <laughs> ways that have people write it, but S-C-H-I-S-A-N-D-R-A is the most common way of spelling okay. it. Shisandra. And what varieties, you mentioned ginseng, like if you were to get more specific. I'm just so fascinated by that one because I see it everywhere. And I actually drink, like, I love Kavita. I drink their ginseng mandarin all yeah. the time. Um, now we get to the more of the herbalism, but um, Panax ginseng or Asian ginseng or Ret ginseng, it's the same thing. Panax. Panax, P-A-N-A-X. That's Panax. the Latin name for it. And then it's sometimes called by its Latin name, sometimes called Ret ginseng or Korean ginseng or, um, yeah, uh, Asian ginseng. Those are the most common ways how it's called. And that's the most studied one. Um, that one is, can be a little more heating. And usually it's actually men over age of 40 that it's great for. But if you're younger, maybe not. That's me. I'm 43. I'll take it. it. Maybe that's why I'm drawn to it. Maybe you're in like <laughs> somehow in your body, you're like, this is right for me. And then, um, American ginseng is a little more cooling. So American ginseng is, they're, they're both real ginseng. There's also like Siberian ginseng that I mentioned, Eulithero, which is amazing herb by itself, but it's, um, it's not actually a ginseng. But the, the point being is you can get really deep here and you can get sure. really confused. So if you're listening and there's like, ah, oh, I don't know. Everyone's would, feverishly taking yeah, notes. Yeah. That's why I'm asking mush, you to spell. Like. Mush, mushrooms start with Rishi. And I think in herbalism, often you start with ginseng and you really, it's just like, too easy answer. It's sometimes like sure. meditation when you're like, life is goes to shit and you're like, what should I do? It's almost always the answer is like meditate or like, you know, you, you just sit down sure. and that's usually, so I feel like in herbalism, it's too easy answer. You want to give something sexy or something nobody has ever heard, reinvent the wheel, but it's almost sometimes fun to go back to the basics. So there's a lot happening in food, more specifically functional food right now. It's exciting you know we've talked about expo west fancy food all these new brands it's attention capital it's just it, it's exciting there's a lot going on so mm -hmm. what do you think is a trend and what do you think is a fad oh i mean there's plenty of both i think um i'll start with the positive and try to end with the positive and <laughs> sandwich out the negative i really think that gut health anything around um although i'm not the biggest fan of really expensive probiotic supplements you know you can spend a fortune there it's but fermented foods i think it's a real deal um and gut health and the importance of gut to everything is that's just a real thing and so fermentation overall is just a beautiful thing and, and i think it's here to stay and i'm, I'm so happy I love to that fermentation is a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah you get another t-shirt yeah well we'll just a t-shirt company maybe <laughs> There's, um, sometimes you think that there's, you know, there's not a lot of money in this wellness thing. So maybe you should start a t-shirt company and just <laughs> slamming. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So I think that's a real thing. Um, I, I'm actually a bigger proponent of 
new people come in the industry. I know that people get some sort of jealous. It's like, hey, I've been here a long time and now there's all these new people. But if you have compassion, you realize that you, everyone has been at some point the newbie. Absolutely. Who didn't know anything. So when somebody has never heard of even Maka, maybe in this case, um, you have like compassion. Like I didn't, there was a point when I didn't know about Maka, you know, it's like we've all been there and just having that. And especially now with people flocking into, cause it's so sexy and trendy and being like natural, better for you, organic wellness, anything around that is just having compassion on people who truly do it for the right reasons. Um, there are definitely people who do it for money and um, that's a different conversation, but I'm more welcoming of, of a newbie than I feel like. I think people should more be understanding that we all start somewhere and and uh, it's a beautiful thing that more people are excited about. It shouldn't be like exclusive. It should be inclusive. That's the whole dream from day one was that everybody would like eat cleaner and better, right? Sure. And now it's happening. Yep. Like slowly it's happening. So why do we resist? Isn't it sometimes funny that like successes are... Well, so, you live in Venice Beach. So yes, you true. Do, you do. <laughs> true. That is very true. That touche for that and but um i mean definitely like if you look at bigger numbers as well like some of the probiotic beverages on the kombuchas or or um organic food and a lot of other things they are going mainstream so there are positive signs on midwest as well so yeah no it, it, as i've said our goal is never to preach the choir to build a bigger church and i, I, jo- I made the joke about venice because you know it's like people on venice are on board they get it but it's in the middle of the country and, and i think what's encouraging is we're seeing that we see that with our numbers in my buddy green we've we've heard that anecdotally from other founders like yourself like people are getting on board and i think it's only a beautiful intro to uh symphony that is about to start so i think what's about to come is way bigger than anybody is even realizing like this i feel like this last year last 12 months something the big food companies lost 15 billion dollars of sales to small food companies yep they all know it it's It's happening happening. they can't innovate and acquire fast enough and they all know it and that's that's exciting it's very exciting and um to the point of what are fads is I, I just think that like, there's so many small things that I could say, but just if somebody says that something is better than something else, that's usually a pretty big flag. So this is better than that. That's already like from a nature's point of view, everything serves a purpose. And if something is good, it should be good in its own right. But when you start comparing that this is a better than that one, that's usually like when you should be critical about whatever that is. So I've just comparison is just an old way of selling a lot of stuff is like, Hey, this laundry detergent is 20% better than this one. So this one has more fat, less fat, more protein, less protein, um, and more looking to the quality of where are we going? And, uh, that's probably my, like one pet peeve is, is in the industry is there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of noise. There isn't that many signals and that's nowhere as relevant it is when you go to a food expo and the two hardest things that you cannot find in a food expo is water, just normal water, just not, no, no, no sugar, no sweetener. It's just good old water and actual food. It's sure. a, in a food expo, I bring like an avocado salad and water. That's like, cause those yeah, are the so things that I will not get anywhere. There'll be bars, there'll be chocolates, there'll be some kinds of, all kinds of fizzy beverages, but 
getting water and a salad is really hard in a food expo. So you mentioned food expo and you mentioned how you eat, which leads me to two questions. So one, um, you know, avocado, I think keto and keto is, there's some strong science there and can do mm-hmm. a lot, but like you walk around a food expo, it's like, oh my God, it's keto this, it's keto that. Mm-hmm. And some of this sort of defers, defeats the purpose of keto. Like, do you think, you know, I've revitalized, we talked about with Max, like chronic keto. Like what, what do you think about keto and where it's going and where it will end up? And then the second part of that question is like, how do you eat? Yeah. So on keto, I think, I think actually Max talks beautifully about the misconception is that keto is not a high fat diet. It's, it's like this caloric deficit of times that when you, you know, your body still spilled ketones. So anyway, side note, um, I don't know what's right. I'm discovering as much as anyone else. Like I have, I don't have no complete blueprint for anyone. What I can say is that what is beautiful about what I've really taken with me from the Nordic culture is seasonal eating. And there's a huge difference on, for example, macronutrients. So carbs, protein, fats is how that is divided between seasons. Obviously in Finland or Sweden, there's no really sunlight during the winter. It's super cold. We would have fermented foods. We have really fatty stuff in the winter. It's very high fat, low carb, right? But as summer, spring, fall comes and activity levels go up, it's much less fat. It's much higher carbohydrates. So often what I feel like besides just the natural seasons, we humans have seasons. Like some, everybody probably listening has a time of the year when they're busier at work or whatever their passion is. Like they have a, you know, they're revitalized when they have to, they don't sleep, you know, and when you don't sleep a lot and you're in, you know, crunch time, you have to also change your diet. You can't assume that the same way you eat when you're in, you know, more relaxing time versus more busier time is the same. So I think that's something that people don't look at. So I think keto serves a purpose to certain times of, of the year. It doesn't mean that you have to do it 12 months of the year. So I think that's what I've taken away from the Nordic diet is seasonality and sure. how to apply seasonality also to macronutrients, not just the what's in season fruits and veggies, but also what's in season for you as a human being and what are the tools and strategies that you need to apply to that season. Is it sometimes you have to meditate and exercise more than other times just to balance your life. So this will probably air in, in summer still, like late summer. Mm-hmm. How do you eat in late summer? Well, the problem in the, the, that Venice Beach that you mentioned, that there was only <laughs> one season. <laughs> but now that I'm in New York and it's sweaty, uh, I don't eat a lot, actually. So it's funny enough, I don't eat much during summer because I'm like, I'm, I hydrate a lot more. Um, and then I have a big dinner usually when my like the stress so you're is sort gone. of like intermittent fasting in well, un- not, unintentionally or not point of, like I do like this morning I had like 81% cacao was my breakfast. I just had a little bit of cacao, not a lot of calories. So I'm not fasting. So I'm running around New York meeting awesome human beings and, and later ending the day with a foraging at Central Park. And after that, I'll probably eat my one and only solid meal of the day. So what would that look like? Um, depends who I'm with. Um, (laughs) New York city has so many good restaurants. For example, there's a lot of amazing Asian restaurants here as well. What are your favorites? My favorite for the longest time in New York city, this is kind of a side note, but was Suen. It's just like macro plate, 
steel. Old school ten, vegan. Maybe a little ten, too old school. Tahini sauce. <laughs> was it nine ninety five? Something like that. Plus tax and tip. It's a deal. It's 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 the way to go. Maybe I should get notes from you on new places, but uh yeah, I mean I'm probably depending on who I'm meeting. But I could do ramen. I feel like good ramen in New York City. Go to Ivan's Ramen. Yeah, Ivan's. I, yeah, Ivan okay. Ramen. Okay, I, I actually sat in a panel with him. He, yeah, he's like getting into wellness a bit, but he's 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 like the ramen. Not not exactly hundred uh, percent healthy, but he's yeah. the man. Ivan I mean, ramen. I don't. Sometimes it doesn't have to be hundred percent healthy. You know, I agree. Especially, I'm and I'm not worried about calories or something like that. If I have one meal, it's more like how do I just stay hydrated and get going during the day? And maybe if I'll still feel hungry, I'll probably like nibble on like a small salad or something or veggies, get a cucumber. That's my classic hack. If I'm in a hurry and I'm, I don't have a Erewhon or a healthy <laughs> store next to me, a forages market here is awesome. Yep. Uh, buy a cucumber. Cucumber. I, I love it. I just, it's my, it's my hot dog sausage replacement, whatever for an average. Pr- I don't, what, what do people do you eat meat? I do. I do. I've gone back and forth. I was, I was strict vegan for a long time, but I grew up eating meat. It's more like the balance of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, but I try to stay dogma free as much as I can. And sometimes when I catch myself doing anything for too long, I almost try to break it just to break the pattern. But, but yeah, cucumber is like the best. And it's like, you can find it in so many places and it's like so hydrating and, Especially when you're running around in a sweaty 91 degree New York City, it's like cucumber is the bomb. So you are, I would say, one of the most well-respected, most loved guys in this space. And, and it's not just Tarot, the individual, it's for Sigmatic and, and, and the brand and what you do and what you represent. So what is it, in your opinion, that you think people just they love you they love the brand like you've got a cult following like what well, what do you think you're doing so well what's resonating yeah it's a very hard question because like you as an entrepreneur you want to i guess human being we all want to feel special like we want to be like we're here for a purpose and and the answer could be that we're not we're just like everyone else so we, like what's real something magic that four sigmatic has besides the obvious joke of magic mushrooms. Um, and what's, what's just something that you, you lie to yourself. Um, but things that we really want to cherish, I'm not saying that these are the magic things is that doing the things our way. And there's been a lot of stuff where we've done our way. And case example, you know, when four sigmatic was launched, drinking mushrooms was a pretty radical idea six years ago, you know? And, uh, so we didn't chase a trend. You know, we created our own thing and we just stick to it. And, you know, maybe that's one thing. Like we were not trying to capitalize on, on a moment, but you created just, the moment. You yeah, created and, the category and we did and still believe that they're one of the, they're not going to solve all your problems. Like I'm not going to go on and say is like, Oh, mushrooms are the ultimate superfood that is going to fix your life and fill out your tax forms but um, they are underrepresented like not a lot of people know about them and they're very well studied and you know and try to be like a pr agency for them so maybe that's one thing that resonates and the other thing is probably like innovation like we do our products are quite different like we don't just like like it's not like a me too thing maybe and maybe customer service and education we put a lot of free education and you know i mean who knows it better than you how important education and content sure. is like it's life and uh you know maybe 
accidentally the fact that my mom is a teacher or something. I don't know, whatever, but like maybe that's, that works. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have to, we have to ask someone else. So, so speaking of other people, who else, what other brand, what other entrepreneurs in the space do you really admire and say, you know what, they, they, they're really doing amazing work. We want to, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of pioneers that I look up to, which might have not always had the best products, but at that time it was the best products. Like, um, Califia Farms, Craig, Craig who, Advala, he sold cordyceps elixirs like 15 years ago. And he was like, like, no, it's like, it's way too early for that. And, um, uh, am I like the biggest fan of Advala? No, no. I'm not, but I really look up to him and how he's, and now with Califia, he like, they're just, they're just pioneers. Like the, the world was very different 15 years ago at Expo West. It was, it was not. I love the, him. He was on the podcast. Like that guy is a pioneer in every sense of the word. Every sense of the word. So there are people that, you know, there's always you, you always stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, people who came before you and, and, and I just respect those people like him who've, who've gone down that and they're the real deal. You know, it's like he doesn't have to do what he's doing now. No, he's like in his early sixties like, yeah. and he's killing it. He's he, go for it. He's, he's going for it. 100%. It's like a big fuck you to everyone. Like he's for going for it. And he's a visionary. Like, I don't know if you know, like you probably know the story of Califia, like oh, from yeah. like lemons and like lemon juice. And then it's like, no plant-based milk. That's, that's where the future is and just go after it. And yeah, he's like, he, like he doesn't need to do what he's doing. And there's other people in the industry like that. And then there's like, you know, the new kids on the block, you know, it's like doing something radical and different and that's exciting in a different way. Um, and I'm excited to see who's here 10 years from now, you know, who's, who's just here passing by and that's nothing wrong with that. And who's here in 10 years and, 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 and there's, uh, there's great ones and, um, in edible things. One, one thing that I'm really excited about now, which is that there's a little bit of a mushroom connection, but, um, kelp jerky, I think seaweeds. I'm just always been such a fan of wild food. There's just something about wild foods that I love. And the challenge with wild foods is accessibility. And there's also the challenge of wild foods and how to incorporate them to a diet. And I think the lead domino is probably sea veggies, you mm-hmm. know, and there's more and more cool stuff in sea veggies and sea veggies. You know, the ocean is obviously a huge place where we can get nutrition out of. And it's, you know, 70% over of the planet more. And then, and, uh, I think replacing some of these farmers, uh, with, growing kelp or something like that is beautiful. There's a company, Aqua. Now they had just finished a Kickstarter. Aqua? Yeah. A-K-U-A. And they just finished the Kickstarter. That's like a big ad agency or it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they, um, they had, they make jerky. Their first product is kelp jerky. And there's so many meat jerkies out there on the market as well. But yeah, I just think that like sea veggies are the real thing. It's, it's, it's a wild food that you can get in almost every store. So that. you can get sea veggies and cucumber, I guess. But that that's like a young up and coming brand. I don't think they're even sold anywhere else. They just finished the Kickstarter. But that's really exciting for me is, is sea veggies. So where's Four Sigmatic going to be in a year from now, three years? Like what, what's, what's the vision? Yeah. That question is fascinating for me is, um, is people always want like a very within a box answer for that. So they, 
I, I, I give this anecdote of a push up when I, when I've like work out with a trainer, you know, you work out with Ben Greenfield or someone's like, give me 10 push ups. And, but Ben's it's never, only asking for 10. Well, that doesn't the, sound like Ben Greenfield. No, maybe Ben is a bad example, but what, why it's never nine or 11? What, what, why is it always 10, 12, 15? It's like very like linear, like, eh. sure. And, um, what if you can only do four and then your form sucks? Like then you cheat the rest, or what if you can do fifty-two but you stop at ten or twelve? Like, did you not fulfill your potential? And for me, the form in the push-up is a example of like, are you doing the, the things the right way? Like, are you having fun? Are you doing the right type of products? So if you say like, oh, we'll be here, we'll dominate, we'll have, we'll take over Starbucks, but like, are you having fun? Are you are you doing the right? you're serving the community is 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 your vision of like replacing starbucks with shroom rooms across the world well, is if you, t- you take <laughs> away the metrics and, yeah. and that stuff like what's the what, what are the well, what do you want people to think of when they think of four sigmatic what's the feeling you want them to have what what do you what do you ma- want what what do you, what should come to mind when they magic. think of your brand i actually fought the first five years of our existence when people made that magic mushroom joke i've i fought it i was like eh. But now I'm like, I'm fully embracing it for the last year. I actually, the, our new slogan is actually everyday magic. It's just because like, I'm like, well, I, I got, like, it was easier to just go with the flow. Is are they magical? Sure. I was like, yeah, they are actually now. I've got a speech. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get more, you charge they, more they, for it. Yeah. They're, um, everyday magical. So hopefully we're known for great service and great service in the form of education, great, great products, just doing great service. Like hopefully that's what we're known for is we're just here to provide great service and maybe, um, maybe we're different, you know, maybe that's what we're also known that they're, um, they're doing stuff in a different way that hopefully inspires other brands or other people to do think differently. Even if they don't do what we're doing, it inspires them to ask different questions. So maybe those are the things I hope I hopefully that we have a, Great team. Everybody's happy. Everybody's healthy. Um, people want and enjoy working with us. Same way as probably for you. It's sure. like, it's all about the team. It's like you, literally nothing happens without the team. And the, the other thing is that the product or the service needs to be great. Mind Body Green needs to have amazing content without, without that, that really doesn't team and the content or in our oh. case, the team and the product. Those are the, those are the sacred ones. You ever hear the phrase, best way to kill a bad product is to market it? <laughs> um, so how do you balance it all? Growing company, growing team, exciting brand. How does Taro, the CEO and entrepreneur, balance? I think the first step is acknowledging that you will not be balanced life. Like you will, <laughs> if you spread out your pie on the day, it's never going to be just even with every section. They will like the mission or the purpose or the four sigmatic is a big piece of that pie. And when you fight it and you're like, it shouldn't be this much. And then you're already like setting yourself for failure is happiness is a, uh, where reality meets your expectations and the expectations part matters a lot. Right? So first step is acknowledging that I am right now focused on the mission and the mushroom mission is a big part of my life and that brings me joy and happiness and and that comes with a sacrifice but that sacrifice doesn't need to be health so um so how i balance it is is more looking at like what do i need to give up to get what i want the most 
So that's the conversation I'm having with myself constantly. So what am I willing to not do to get what I want the most? And then practices that are like non-negotiable for me is hydration, stretching. How much water do you nap. need a day? Really varies a lot. A massive variance. So like really depends on the quality of water as well. Like if I get really good spring water, I notice I don't need to drink that much. Mm. And then sometimes if I'm like on the go, if I have like bad spring water or like bottled water, then I'm like, I'm realizing I need to drink more. Um, it's a big differences, but a lot. Um, napping. Like, so yesterday and the day before I realized that I have not, I can't remember when was the last time when I have not napped two days in a row. I napped probably like 360 days of the year. And now I've had two days in a row that I have not napped. Napping is pretty much. So how long do you nap for? What does that look like? 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes. I don't need an alarm. It's like, it's like a machine. It's just like reboot. It's like you turn it off the computer for a moment and turn it back on. And that's really magic for me. And, uh, but I think that like, while I talk about superfoods and mushrooms and adaptogens and organic food and wild food, at the end of the day, for longevity, it's like really comes down to community. It really comes down to purpose. And you can eat a little, I mean, this is a country, but you can eat a little shitty. Like I know a lot of people have lived over a hundred years where we eat a little shitty. Like, but they've had purpose and community. 100% agree. And if that's, that's the, that's the primary nutrition in a way. So I just call foods like they're the, the, the white belt. Like you start there and then you go elevate yourself to water and, and hydration. Cause that's, you can only, you can be three weeks without eating. You can only be three days without drinking. Right. But you can be three minutes without breathing. Mm-hmm. So breathing is more important than water. Water is more important than food. But then the final black belt in life is your thoughts because you can't even be three seconds without thinking something. So like, how do you work yourself up? I love that. Three so, seconds, thoughts, three minutes, breathing, three, three days, days, water, no, th- three, three days, three water. Days. Yeah. Three weeks. Three food. weeks. Food. I love it. So what keeps you up at night and what has you excited every morning? Well, um, sometimes you wake up as an entrepreneur with a cold sweat at night and you remember it's like, to, like that <laughs> file was needed to be sent. So if I'm completely honest, I would want would want to give you a more philosophic, beautiful answer, but it's really to do list. Like there's like certain tasks that just wake you up at night because you're like, ah, I forgot it. Yep. And uh, so that's the probably the uncomfortable truth of entrepreneurship is what keeps you up at night. Sometimes is like just like shit that you forgot to do or you should have done or you should like. Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably what keeps me up at night. Um, the, what I probably should keep me up at night is just the people and the product is, but we have great people and we have a great product, but like, that's probably where I should spend the people part. I probably spend even more time on than I am, but it's probably some annoying to-do list and I should probably spend less time on the to-do list, but that's what keeps me up at night. And what excites me is, is the purpose and the community. So like there are things that, are fun one time or two times. And then after that, maybe not. So it's like great to be on Vogue the first time, but the second time (laughs) it's like, mm, it's like nice, but it's like, but like when you get, um, like a handwritten letter from your customer 
like it's there's never ever like have a moment when you're like you don't you take that for granted like it's always special sure it's always special i spend no matter how busy i am about one hour on instagram scrolling through um our hashtags what people take and it's still mind-blowing to me and i'm so grateful if like people take their time to post about a product like that's pretty mind-blowing like if they post about sunsets i get it they post about their friends and family i get it but it's like that's something that i feel like i'm very happy about and proud about is that people want to share there's something about mushrooms that they want to tell the world Nobody's paying them. We don't right. pay it's for like Carrie Walsh. I've seen like write love letters to you guys, yeah, like exactly. unsolicited. <laughs> yes, like we don't we don't do paid posts or anything like that. So it's like it. That's something that is still mind blowing because if if you think of how often how often do yourself do that? Like it needs to be something truly special when you're like I want to share the world. It's you know especially being in the industry, you're like like there's so many products, so many things like you. So like that's really something special is is obviously the community and the purpose. So when somebody's like so pumped that they take their time to do that is uh, what excites. And then I'm just I'm a product founder, so like formulation innovation is is just something that I mean personally is very dear to me. Um, might not be as good with uh, wholesale finance, you know, whatever. Like there's elements that I've had to learn starting a company. And you later become like okay at them, and yeah. like the the product, the sourcing, the the formulation is really something that is dear. Like I could do that all day long. Like that doesn't feel like work. Sure. And especially when you nail it, you do hundred bad recipes, and you nail it, and you get it to market, and people love it. Like that's the that's that's the drug of a food entrepreneur. Yeah. I feel like that from cradle to to a happy customer that is really addicting actually so like when you when you do it right you gotta get it wrong a few times as well but like when you get it right and people are like your plant-based chai latte is like mind-blowing or whatever it is that's like those are the moments when you're like it's it's pretty addicting i'm with you there the the one thing that has carried I've carried with me for every office we've moved into is I have a stack of letters on my desk, love letters from people who love my muddy green. It's like, I'll never let those. They're just so powerful and it's why we do what we do. Um, so I'm with you. Yeah. So, it's the best. Yeah. So last question, if you could go back in time and, and give younger tarot advice when you're just starting for Sigmatic, what advice would that be? Tarot junior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Probably Terry Jr. wouldn't necessarily uh, listen to all this advice, but nevertheless, I would probably <laughs> would get, I'm, if you are starting a business or considering starting a business, um, you know, it's, it's start, remember why you started. And I think the best thing I did early on is really spend time thinking, why am I starting this? And that was the good news. Like that was the thing I got right, so to say, is think why you're starting. What I did not do is the how to get there. Or I I I dig a lot of holes and then I fill them, I dig <laughs> them again and fill them, dig them again and fill them. And there was times when I was frustrated. So just remember why you started. Stay patient. Keep learning. Um, I would give him very special advice on 
certain co-packers like don't work with them (laughs) or like but that aside it's probably just like remember why you started stay patient um and it's all going to work out even though it doesn't seem like it um yeah that's probably what i I love that yeah i love that so to set the record straight we're going to go on record okay from the source the correct pronunciation of your last name Um, the full name is Terotapio Isokauppila. Okay, we're going to have to do that again. Okay, just the last name. <laughs> we're not going to ask you to spell it. Yeah. Isokauppila. Isokauppila. That's pretty good. Isokauppila. All right, I'm getting there. Do you, do well, you, do you speak Spanish? I, the Spanish was the bane of my existence and, <laughs> and, and it's almost stopped me from graduating from, from Colombia. So. <laughs> well, okay. Tarot. Well, you, you, you got that. Was, I, I gave a B plus. Thank you. I'll t- B plus is great. I did yeah. not I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Taro Isakopla? Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on.